Welcome to the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast, a verse-by-verse study through the scriptures with Rob Harston. Thank you for joining us today. Now here's Rob. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast. And if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and grab those. Uh, we'll be in Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, uh, and we're going to be in verses uh, 1 to 5 today. We're going to, oh, you'll see how uh, this is all going to going to break up, but uh, we're going to continue in our series in Galatians titled Freedom in Christ. And uh, so if you guys want to go ahead and uh, grab your Bibles, that would be great. And uh, we, we spent the last few weeks reading about Paul and his defense of his apostleship, defending the gospel and, and the rebuking of Peter. We saw that in the last couple of chapters uh, that we studied, and now that's done. He's not defending his apostleship. He's not defending the gospel anymore, and, and he just got done rebuking Peter. He is now turning his attention to the Galatians, the Galatia, the churches of Galatia. He starts the, his interrogation of them with a series of questions. If we remember, he started out this letter in verse 6 saying he was amazed at how quickly they deserted Jesus. It was a, a bewilderment or or shocking uh, moment for uh, for for Paul, and they and they started because they started believing in the law gospel over the true gospel that had been taught to them by Paul himself. You see, the gospel that was revealed to him was from Jesus, not by man, and he even stated that. So they knew they knew this uh, going in. Now Paul, he he wasn't mean or or nasty towards them. But he wasn't all that thrilled with them either. And again, because we know that Paul takes the gospel very seriously. This is his life. This is this is his being, is the gospel. And and again, he wasn't he wasn't happy with them. And and like we have seen, Paul took the gospel uh, and his ministry to to heights that that man we see today that we're just. I mean, Paul was the guy. He was the he was like the 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 christian of all christians you know they he said that he was the the jew of all jews but this guy was a oh, an awesome christian and again he took his ministry and his in the gospel seriously and if someone was out of line paul was going to straighten them up as we saw with even someone like peter uh, who was an apostle and and he was undoubtedly not doing what the gospel says he was he was pushing away the Gentiles, going to the, to, the, to the Jewish people that came into town, and it was wrong, and, and Paul called him out on that. In all reality, uh, the law was actually for the nation of Israel, not for the Gentiles. Like, this is, this is what, uh, in my study time this week, this is what I was looking at. I'm like, wait, this is for the, for the nation of Israel. It's not even for the Gentiles, but that's how false teachers will do, is they will tell you, and they will tr- twist uh, the truth, or they'll add stuff to it to make it seem like they are the ones that knows n- know what they're talking about. And today, we will see that Paul will show an exposition of grace and faith, as opposed to the law and works as as the way to get right with God. And and as we dive into chapter three, and we will read, Paul is starting his theological section of his letter to the Galatian churches. Paul explained the meaning of justification and sanctification by faith alone. And as we will read, he argued the validity by the personal argument 
That's what we're going to do today. These are the, these are the three things that chapter uh, three is going to be broken up into as we study it. Uh, the first will be verses one through five today, and it's the personal argument. This is what he was ta- he's going to make it personal uh, towards the the churches in Galatia. And then next week we'll see uh, uh, the scriptural argument, and then we'll see the logical argument. And and today again we'll discuss the personal argument. And this is where Paul will begin his round of questions. And if you have your Bible, you can uh, go ahead and be in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through uh, 5, and here we go. It says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Verse 4 says, Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and the works uh, and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Let's pray. Father, we pray for today, Lord. We pray for this time in your word, Lord, and pray that we would that we would learn from you, Lord. You want to speak to us. So let our hearts be attentive to what you have to say, what your word has to say, Lord. Um, let this let time be about you, not about me or anybody listening, just about what you want to say, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you love us and you give us the scripture. So bless it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to look again at the at the personal uh, argument of of what Paul is is talking about, and it's found, uh, and it's going to be a series of questions um, that Paul is asking the Galatian churches. And the first one is, he says, "You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? You foolish Galatians." This is what the title of our message today is. It's the foolish fools the foolish fools and, and and we see that they were acting foolish it was it was foolish to mix law and grace together you see the galatians were acting as if like some spell some jedi mind trick had been put over them and, and they weren't using their senses and it wasn't as if paul was it was it had given them a brief description of jesus this wasn't uh you know like hey this is who jesus was he was this guy and that guy i mean rather paul gave them a, a graphic in detail word pictures of jesus christ crucified when paul was 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 among them in, in their churches again it wasn't just a, a, a little tiny snippet but it was the complete picture of what Jesus, what happened to Jesus when he was crucified. So these people knew it could have been put up on a billboard. It could have been put up on flyers, whatever. These people knew exactly what had happened to Jesus and why he came and died. So they, 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 they knew it and they completely understood the gospel as Paul taught them. This was why Paul was frustrated. He was frustrated because, and he calls them, you foolish Galatians. Like, who has put a spell over you that you would believe this? You know why Jesus came to die. And you know that your salvation is found in Christ alone. They understood this. This is why Paul, again, and it, it was so amazed or shocked at the fact that they were so quickly uh, going to go away from Jesus, who they put their faith in. So Paul is calling them foolish. The word foolish is... It, it, it's in it's a it's a it's a word that that 
uh, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Anateos. I think I probably messed that up, but it means senseless. Jesus used the noun to describe the two disciples on the road to Emmaus who were, so, who were slow of heart to believe that all, what all the prophets had spoken. So Paul is using that word and Jesus even used that word to describe the two on the road to Emmaus. They had not reflected on their scriptures and the significance of Calvary. You see, the word bewitched is only found here in the New Testament, right here. And it means to, 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 to fascinate or to, to hypnotize. Have you ever seen people that are hypnotized? I mean, they, they, they're just like, oh, you can see they're not, they're not themselves. Uh, or, or actually, this is, uh, this is how a snake uh, catches its prey uh, that has wings, which would be a bird. It catches the bird's eye and then it holds it spellbound until it can get within striking distance. The bird will just stay there and just awaiting its doom. It doesn't move. It's like it's frozen. And so he's just, you know, basically he's just waiting to die. Well, it was the same with the Galatians. They had been hypnotized by the clever uh, words given to them by these legalists. They were so mesmerized by these words. Again, we, we, we spoke about it a few weeks back. It's the, the silver tongue, the, the, the really snakish people that re- are really good with words. They're master manipulators and, and they tell you these things and you believe them and then you're hypnotized by them. So the Galatians were, were actually hypnotized by what the, the legalists were saying. So they were, they were in a, like a, in a trance again, they, they were bewitched. They were under a spell. Now, to snap them out of the spell, Paul will ask them four more questions. That was the first one. That was the first question that we discussed. And it was more of a rhetorical question, and it was meant as a rebuke. When he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Paul already knew the answer, but so it was more of a rebuke. So that was just a tester question. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and say that was just the opening of a, a, a rebuke. But here's the actual first question that he's asking them and found in verse 2. He says, this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of law or by hearing with faith? Now, there is only one answer to this question. Like there's, there, there really is, uh, there's just one question, one answer to this question. And the answer, this answer could kill this debate. There would be no more questions to be asked. There'd be no more uh, rebukes to be had because there's one there's one answer to this, and we know it's by, it's by faith, not by the law. And the obvious answer is not by keeping the law. Instead, the true and right answer is by hearing and believing the gospel uh, and, and believing the message of Christ crucified. This is what they have already heard, and yet they were, they were, they were turning away from it. And Paul is asking them these questions because uh, they should have, again, they should have known the answer to this. But Paul is, you know, Paul's Paul, and he's going to come after you. And he's, and he's, and he's, again, he wants to know why, like, why is this happening? You know, why, why am I having to come back and, and, and mop up a mess that you guys have gotten yourselves into pretty much, you know? And Paul is saying, stop for a minute. Just, just, Paul's probably saying, hold on. Think about this. Think about it. Look back on your own selves. Look back at your own lives. There's one thing I would like to learn from you because it is important to know and it's important for yourselves. Every one of you are Christians. You all received the spirit when he entered your hearts. That is when you became Christians. This is what Paul was, basically this is what Paul was telling them. 
You are you, you are Christians and you all receive the spirit. All the spirit came inside to, of your hearts and entered your hearts when you became Christians. It's the same for you and I today. We were, remember last week we said we stood guilty before the Lord. But when we asked the Lord into our heart, we repented of our sins and we asked the, to, the Holy Spirit to come into our heart. We were now not guilty and will never be found guilty again because of what Jesus did. Not, not anything that, that we do, <coughs> excuse me, but everything that, that Jesus does. And on that note, there is no question. That is why Paul is asking, where did you, where did you get the spirit? From what source did it come? Did it come from works or did it come by uh, hearing of faith? Well, he knows, you know, it's the hearing of faith because Paul himself is the one that taught them this. And it requires, really, if you think about it, if you think about the Galatians, and and I never want to put us in the Bible. I never want to put us in, we're not part of the church of Galatia, you know, um, but in, in if you really think about this, and, and Paul was, and it's kind of what goes on with these Galatian churches and even us today, this question that Paul asked, it really requires practically no thinking at all on the part of the believer to give this answer. There shouldn't be a doubt in our minds. Now us, we can say, oh, well, yeah, we know it's faith. Well, there are some people that still don't believe that. There are still some people that believe that you have to keep the law to, you have to be the best uh, of you to receive uh, salvation. And that is untrue. And this is what Paul was saying. So it, really, it doesn't take any thinking at all. We should know exactly where our, uh, our salvation comes from, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. And the only real evidence of a person's conversion is the presence of a Holy, the Holy Spirit found in the life of the one who is a believer. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And this is a tough thing that people don't understand today. They don't understand that it is a full-on commitment to Jesus. It's not a half-hearted thing that you do. It's not, hey, you know, uh, I have Jesus in my heart, and now I can go do whatever I want. Or, yeah, you know, I know of Jesus, and, and uh, you know, that, that's cool. Or the, I, I took an evangelism explosion class years ago. Years ago, I took this class. And it was, they, ta they taught us this. And this one question, you can really talk to people, and it really gets them sometimes. You can get exactly where they are spiritually. When you say, if you were to die today, and God said, why should I let you know my heaven? What would you say? Now, I've, I've done that to a lot of people and a lot, a good portion of people have said, well, I've tried to be a good person. I've tried to do this. I've tried to do that. I helped here. I helped there. And if you notice the pattern, it was I, 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 and I. Listen, again, this, there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. It is given to us by God, by his grace, we are saved through faith, not anything we do, because then we're going to say, well, you know, it's me. I'm the reason I got to heaven because I was such a great person and I was such this and I was such that. Mm -mm. Our best is never going to be good enough. That's why Jesus came and died. Thank you. Hallelujah. So this is what this verse is talking about. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, the only real evidence of a person's conversion is the presence of the Holy Spirit. There should be fruit coming from your life if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ today. There should be that. And justification plus the Holy Spirit become a, a possession of the believer. It is not by the law, but by faith through the sole act of believing and receiving the free gift of, uh, of God's uh, spirit. And there you go. 
And since God himself gives the believer such a, a great and wonderful gift when we receive the gospel and knowing and believing, and, and that's the biggest thing, knowing and believing the gospel far outweighs obeying the law. Far outweighs obeying the law. So knowing and believing the gospel just crushes obeying the law. And the Galatians knew this, and they were foolish to walk away from it. I mean, really foolish to walk away. Now we find question number two, and it's found in verse three, is basically he's saying, how is God sanctifying you? Look at verse three. It says, are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Another translation of this is, are you uh, so thoughtless, are you? Like, are you so thoughtless? And, and, and you look and you think, wow, thoughtlessness, like, like thoughtless is, is, that's pretty crazy. It was like the Galatians had no care for the gospel. It had come and gone through their ears like a summer breeze. It was here one second, gone the next. And then you have Paul, uh, who, who, who the gospel again was everything to him. He loved it. He lived it and he defended it. And then on the other hand, you have the Galatians that were so quickly to, to walk away from the gospel that he had preached to them. And the only reason that they had been justified was done by the work of the Holy Spirit in their response to the believing through faith. It was also their sanctification that came by the work of the Holy Spirit in response of that same believing faith. Again, justification and sanctification come through faith, not by the law. If, if, if anything, at the end of this book, when we're done with Galatians, if there's anything that you can get out of it, it's that justification, sanctification through faith, not works, period. And, and it comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. And the, and the whole idea of keeping the law would in some way help the Holy Spirit is completely untrue. That is untrue. It is, it is not biblical and wrong. But this still happens today. People are under the impression, the more I do uh, for God, the more he will love me or bless me. If you or anybody you know think that way, then you are bewitched and you could be called a fool. You really can be called a fool today if that is your way of thinking. The more I do for God, the more he'll love me and bless me. No, that is not true because, listen, God doesn't love Jesus any more than he does right now. Therefore, he can't love us any more than he does right now. Jesus is the one that went to the cross and died. And, and, and a lot of people are under this, this, this impression that if I just do this more, if I just do that more, man, if I go speak about the, uh, Jesus and I go tell my neighbor about the Lord, uh, you know, the Lord's going to bless me. The Lord's going to, that's that health and wealth preaching, you know, do you do for the Lord and the Lord will do for you. The more you do, the, the more money God will, can give you. The more you do, the more health God will give you. Untrue and unbiblical untrue and unbiblical. So if you are thinking that way, or if there's anybody that you know that is that way, you need to run. You need to run from that. That's just, and you could be called a fool. And why was Paul saying this? That they were, they were thoughtless and foolish. So foolish because they were trying to comp compete or complete, I'm sorry, in a fleshly way that began in a spiritual way. This is what was irking Paul. You, you, you're trying to finish something uh, fleshly that you started spiritually. That's just, it, that doesn't, it didn't make sense to Paul. And the question could be asked like this, like this, does a butterfly having coming out of its uh, chrysalis transformed and regenerated meta, meta uh, I can't even pronounce that, the, the word meta, I don't know, uh, you know, come into a new life. There you go. If you can find that word, great. But they, it comes into a new life. 
and it's been given these these beautiful wings. Would it continue as a caterpillar? It's been given all this beautiful, all these beautiful things. It's been we've seen butterflies. They're 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 really pretty. I mean, if you see them out, they're different colors and they're different sizes. But their wings are just they're beautiful. Well, get be, been given all that. Would they continue as a caterpillar? Does it does it say to itself, well, I have been born again, and I must be the best butterfly I can. I will crawl up this limb and and I will chew on these leaves. No. Because the butterfly, it'll spread those beautiful wings that it was given, and it glides and, 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 and flies through these rising currents. It flies from field to field, flower to flower, getting the nectar from those flowers. It has new life, and that new life cannot live with the principles of the old life. I hope that made sense, because it sure made sense when I was uh, studying it and I saw that. Basically, again, this new life that the Galatian churches were living, that new life cannot live with the principles of the old life. They don't go hand in hand. It is just not what's supposed to happen. And in trying to earn salvation through the law, it led the Galatians absolutely nowhere. And, and when you have something that's leading you nowhere, you the thought process must be, well, this is not exactly what it's supposed to be. How am I? How can I change this? There needs there needs to be a change. And again, the law was leading them nowhere. They were saved. Uh, they were saved because of the simple trust in Christ. Just like that butterfly, they had new life, and we have new life in Christ. And the Holy Spirit lived in their hearts. And that should, that's, that's what he's talking about. You're, you, you, you're, 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 you're starting, you're going back to this fleshly thing and you started out so great. And now they're, they're just, they're all over the map now. And this was the issue. Uh, the issue was receiving salvation through faith in Christ and had been given this new life. But it, it's like that they were thinking of going back to that old life. And it was, it was terribly ineffective. Listen, it's it, again, it's like that prisoner being in jail for all these years, and then he's released. You're, you can go. You're free to go. You've served your time. You can go. <clears throat> and that, 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 that prisoner, all he wants to do is return back to prison. That just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So this is what Paul was trying to tell them. And a person may begin well, but they don't end well. The Galatians had indeed begun well, but what about now ending altogether otherwise? They would be foolish indeed if they were going to, if they, if they ended in the way that they were ending. And Paul's third question is found in verse four. Have you, he's, he's asking, have you, have you, has your experiences, have they been useful, useless ones? No good. Verse four says, did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, Paul mentioned suffer. And here in, in this, in this, in this verse right here, he mentions suffer and it could mean suffer persecution or to ex even experience it. He was referring to the persecution that the Galatians experienced since they had been becoming believers. They were becoming believers in their church. And Paul actually speaks about this in Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 22. They were being uh, persecuted for their faith uh, in God. This would be the, the, the point that Paul is making. All of the persecution and all of the afflictions would have been needless or there, or there would have been no purpose in them at all. 
There had been no person, purpose, purpose in them at all. It, these, these people were being persecuted, and if God, again, wasn't going to use this, then, then they had no need. There was no need. Now, this persecution could have come at the hands of these, le- of these Ju- Judaizers or these legalizers. This is where this, this uh, you know, this, this persecution uh, was probably coming from. Would this mean that they're leaving the principle of faith and, and they were putting it in the past and, and the suffering was in vain? One thing, one thing we know is that Paul himself had suffered persecution in this region. In the book of Acts uh, chapter 14, Paul tells, us, tells all of us of this. Paul was stoned and, and, and left for dead, and this would be by the hands of the Jews that were in the city of Galatia. Now, cities of Galatia. Now, that's crazy. That's crazy to think. That these same people that are going back and telling these Galatian churches that Paul is not an apostle, his gospel is not real, and and now he is he he is finding we're finding out that he was actually being persecuted by these same Judaizers. I love Paul's tenacity. He just keeps going. It doesn't matter. He was almost stoned completely to death. And he got back up and he continued to preach the gospel. He was in prison when he wrote some of these, uh, his epistles. And it's awesome to see that, you know, he could have been down and out. Again, we studied Philippians not too long ago, and he was in prison writing that letter. Who wants to write anything when you're in prison? You could just sit there and feel sorry for yourself. But Paul knew that, that God had a mission for him, and he was not going to uh, let that go. He was going to complete the mission that God wanted him to do. And again, he was completely, he was continuously persecuted through all of this. And yet he came and it wasn't in vain because look at all the people that Paul had taught the gospel and it wasn't in vain. All the stuff happened to him wasn't in vain. And so this is, this is what Paul is saying. And this persecution would have reached the Christians <clears throat> excuse me, that Paul left behind. So when Paul went and preached the, the, the gospel to the Galatian churches the first time, uh, again, this is, this is, after he left, I'm sure they, they were getting persecuted and saying all these things were being said uh, uh, to them, and it was probably hard. The last, but the last question Paul was asked, this is the last p- the question that he asked in his interrogation, and it was this, what about the miracles you witnessed? What about the miracles that you guys saw? Look at verse five. So then does he who provides you with the spirit and works miracles among you do it by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Now, that's a, that's a good question for them. They, they should really, I mean, they should have really uh, been thinking about that question because it, it had so much, it had so much bearing on, on basically their, their life uh, and, and what they, in what they were being taught because it's so easy to, to say, well, you know, it could have been the law, and, but it wasn't. It was by hearing the faith, hearing by faith uh, or with faith that Paul would, when Paul was teaching them. And I'm trying to find the verse real quick, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's found in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, and that says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of, of God. So the, these these uh, Galatian churches should, again, know the answer. It's by hearing with faith. When I first became a Christian, I would hear non-believers say this about God. Show me something. You know, talking to God, they say, show me something and, and I will believe. But God, God could reply and say this, believe and I'll show you something. And there's, there's the difference. We're saying, well, if you want me to believe God, then you need to show me something. And God's like, well, if you believe, then I'll show you something. 
And this would apply to the Galatians in regard to their belief in Christ. God did not perform miracles among the Galatians because they did something special to earn them or, you know, they, they did that and the other. Instead, God gave them freely in, in response to their belief. He would show them. Paul had worked miracles among the people, most notably at Lystra, where Paul had healed a man who was lame from birth in Acts chapter 14, uh, verses 8 through 10. And this, again, Lystra was one of those cities that was in Galatia. And Paul knew very well it wasn't the works of the law that healed that man. And even Dr. Luke recorded this incident and made it abundantly clear. He says that Paul, steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, and Paul commanded him to rise to his feet. Again, it was God that was doing this, not anything the law was doing. And it would be like a man saying to Paul, well, you're a man of God. How can I be healed of the sickness I have? And Paul replying can say, well, here's what you need to do. Keep the commandments, worship God, stay away from idols. Do not use the Lord's name in vain. Keep the, uh, keep the Sabbath, honor your mother and father. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't murder anyone. Don't definitely don't commit adultery or steal or covet or bear false, bear, bear false witness. Uh, that should pretty much cover it. Just don't do those things. Now, would this man be healed? By doing these things? No, this is a definite no, because it would take a miracle to do that. And it would take the spirit of the Lord to heal him. And who gives you the spirit uh, and the, the spirit of, uh, of the works of those miracles? Well, it's God and God only. Paul is reminding them that the Christian life is a supernatural life and can only be explained in terms of God. The only explanation that a Christian can explain uh, that, that his life is by God. There can be no such explanation about this life by the Judaizers because the Judaizers want to explain another way of Christian life, uh, the life of, a, of law and not trust. And again, we know that uh, that is not true. So this is what Paul, in this, this, little, this little section of scripture, it was like they were almost like in a court setting. I'm not saying they were, but it was, it was like, you know, this is, or, or like he's a detective and he's interrogating his witnesses. And this is what this was. This is, it was a rebuke at the beginning to tell him that they, he wasn't happy. He called them fools twice. And they were, they were acting foolish. And so Paul wanted them to know that this is what was happening and it wasn't going to be stood for. So as we end, as we, as we conclude this, we see Paul made this personal. He had interrogated them so that they would be able to answer those questions on their own. So when Paul, Paul wasn't looking for answers, I mean, they should have said, well, uh, it's faith. Uh, it's faith. And it's faith. Yes, it's faith. Yes, it's hearing. Uh, it's faith. But yet he wasn't so sure because they were being bewitched or they were under this, this spell uh, as he was saying. They were acting foolish in their ways. They were turning to the Judaizers way of salvation and that would lead them back to, to, to themselves to turn on themselves as their salvation. They're the ones, again, they're, it's what I'm doing is why I'm saved. And again, well, like we spoke last week, if that was true, then what did Jesus die for? There was no reason for Jesus to die if that was true. And legalistic justification and legalistic sanctification, we tend to focus on ourselves. We depend on our own strength instead of depending on God's strength and the power to save us, to mature us in this Christian life. 
When this happens, we guarantee the outward appearance rather than the inward reality. So if we today were questioned about our faith, what would we say? Well, we will dis- we will discuss this next week, but one way we can give that answer is from the scriptures. We have the scriptures. And I've said this time and time again, we need to find out what the Bible says for ourselves, not what any one man says. I'm not saying that there are not good teachers out there today because there are, there are great teachers out there. There's great Bible teachers out there, but just as there are good ones, there are ones that may twist it so that you feel a bit more comfortable today or you won't be offended by by your sin. Those are, those are false teachers. Those are false teachers and we have to be careful. We can, we can get caught up in it. We can get caught up in it, man. We can, we can get caught up in the, in the style of what this pastor looks like. And we can get caught up in the, in the social media likes he has and, 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 and all of his friends on Facebook. And I've heard it said, those people aren't your friends. Those people aren't your friends. You might have like 10 of your friends, but Facebook calls them friends. Yeah, I got this friend, uh, Timmy, and uh, and two buck two. I don't know who he is, but we're friends. No, those aren't friends. Those are not friends. Anyways, I got off, I got sidetracked, but it doesn't matter what these 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 pastors look like. It doesn't matter what they say, but it matters what the Bible says. Teach the word of God. This is what ministers of the gospel are supposed to be doing. Teach the word of God. Teach it in its truth. Not in what you think, not in what the culture thinks, not in what uh, anybody else thinks, but what the word of God says. Because we, we want to feel a little bit uh, uncomfortable. We, we want to we find sin offensive. And the only way we're going to do that is by seeing what the Bible says. Seeing what that true, that true minister of the gospel says, that sin is, that we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. And we need to be careful This life we now live with justification and sanctification is made possible by it's made possible by Jesus Christ and through the finished work on the cross, not by being our best, not by being our best, because our best will never, ever be good enough. And we have to understand that we have to understand that it's all about God and and his grace and that Jesus came to die for us. Father, Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you that this that this, this, this part of scripture, Lord, kind of gets us thinking, Lord, that uh, if we are in that, that way of, you know, we have to be our best for you, Lord, we know that we will never measure up. And this is why Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins, Lord. And Lord, may we just live in your grace. May we just live in your mercy that you, that you give us, Lord, not on ourselves, not relying on ourselves, but relying on you and your strength, Lord. We thank you that you love us and that you, you care about all aspects of our life, Lord. You care uh, when we wake up and when we go to sleep and everything in between, Lord, because you love us. This is why you sent your son to die on the cross for us. So we thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you would bless everybody listening. Uh, I pray you'd go before them this week, Lord, if they're going through any sicknesses or if they're going through uh, any hardships, Lord, I pray that you would just minister to them. You would pray for them, Lord, love on them. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, we, uh, as as a body of church, uh, a, a church would stand up, Lord, stand up for what is true and what is right, because we know that you are true and we know that you are good. So we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey guys, thank you for listening again. And like I said, every week, Lord willing, we will be back next week. God bless you guys. This has been the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast. 
For more information about the podcast, or if you'd like to leave a prayer request, visit us on our website at crosslightbiblestudy.com.